0: So much of what I got told about trauma in life was wrong. I remember a therapist saying to me back in my 30s, you know, people like you are really just trying to recreate their childhood. And you know what? They could not have been more wrong. This myth still gets pushed on people who grew up with abuse and neglect. People who say it, I know they have good intentions and they think they're shedding light on something that they believe. They think that we just don't understand, that we need to be told, it needs to be explained, that you actually want to be abandoned. Have you ever been told that? You know, it must look like that from the outside. But I do not believe that's true as a person who lived through this myself with neglectful parents and later several relationships that left me abandoned and alone in a big way in my young adulthood. I'll tell you what I believe is really going on when we keep repeating the pattern and getting into relationships and getting abandoned. Of course, we don't want to be abandoned. We want to be loved and safe and accepted just like anyone, and we deserve it. But to heal, we've got to get rid of the confusing and shaming idea that we're trying to get abandoned and focus on what the real problems are. Because when you can see the problems, you can take steps to heal them. And you can heal them. You can learn to form relationships with good people who love you and are committed to you. Here's what I think is going on when you find yourself stuck in an abandonment loop and it just keeps happening. All right, number one, abandonment happened to you before. And that's the reason getting abandoned as a child has a way of squashing your expectations. And at the same time, it can make you incredibly brilliant at adapting to those circumstances at home. So you learn to crap fit. You you fit yourself to a crappy situation because you got trained to do that when you were a kid. You had to. And you learn to do it so well when people treated you badly, you were like, you know what? I've got this, no problem. I'm a ninja. I can take anything, I'll solve it. But when you take that you know competence into your adulthood it's a terrible way to approach relationships and evaluating people you don't want to be good at fitting yourself to crap you want to be bad at it you want to have a really good red light detector instead and you know that tells you uh-uh, this is crap i don't want to be here and unfortunately when cptsd is untreated it just feels normal feels normal that people are causing you to have to put up with horrible treatment and if you didn't have that if if you would heal that crap fit which is something you can do right and have a red light detector instead if you had that you'd be able to see those people coming a mile off so then your detector would say uh this is a person who's not going to stick around or that's not a person who's sincerely interested in me or that's a person who you know they may be interested but they're not capable of making that kind of commitment so you start to have discernment to choose people who are safe for you to give your heart and invest your future in and then you're not abandoned right? number two you learn that you had to have a nice personality all the time, to fake it because of the circumstances of what you were growing up with. So you habitually show this very nice side of yourself to the new person, you know, you meet them, you go on a few dates and then something happens and boom, the CPTSD causes you to have a burst of anger. And you know, you might be having an emotional flashback. That's a thing that happens to people with CPTSD. If you haven't heard of emotional flashbacks, it's like the kind of flashback you might see a combat veteran have, but it's emotional because it happened often before you even had language. So you might wake up in a terrible mood and you don't even know why, but you're just, you know, you feel like everybody's against you. And you know, you're kind of like banging around the house being critical and overwhelmed and impossible to please. Well, sometimes that's an emotional flashback. And you know what, it's not fun for partners to deal with. So when they first met you and you're nice and then you turn into this ogre and lash out and try to hurt them, that is frightening to healthy people. So if you've been in a relationship with somebody who kind of had it together and could detect red flags, that was the red flag for them. That may be the point when they walked away and left you. And it's sad. It's It's a terrible loss, but but just stay with me here because it's never too late to have another chance to heal and change your life. You can heal these emotional flashbacks and these behaviors, right? So some other unpleasant personality things that come along with CPTSD, um, like maybe you're unreliable or you're unreasonable when you feel hurt or left out. And sometimes those feelings can get exaggerated. Um, That goes with PTSD, that's really normal. Or maybe because you know that you tend to overreact to things, you try to compensate by being super agreeable, like fake agreeable. You know, I'm fine, no, this is great. Whatever you want, honey, no problem. And to other people, you know, even if you don't end up blowing up at them and you just are always like going along with everything, it just feels like you're not there, like you have no spine, like you have no boundaries. So that's a reason that people might be backing away from you. This is all stuff you can heal, but for now it might be pushing people away. All right. The fourth reason that abandonment might be following you in your life is that your self-esteem is so wounded that you feel embarrassed to actually feel and say what you want in a relationship when you would like it to go to the next step, or to even admit that what you want is the M word, marriage. It's this weird thing, right? When I coach people around relationships who have complex PTSD, I almost never meet anyone who can admit openly what they want, the full measure of what they want. So when I work with people who are, who are dating or hoping to date, I've almost never met anyone who could admit what they wanted as marriage. And at first I was just like, well, You know, what's going on? Am I really behind the times? And nobody wants to get married anymore? Because I did. When I started asking questions of people, it turned out that for almost all of them, marriage was their heart's desire. And yet when I asked, what's your ideal relationship? they'd hedge their bet on that. And they'd say, oh, a life partner or a long-term relationship. And so I'd push on that so that I could be sure to be clear and just say, so you don't want marriage, you want like long-term or life partner because there's some piece of marriage that you don't want. And they go, oh yeah. And I go, well, which part don't you want? Is it the like commitment to, you know, to stay together all your life? And, and they go, no, no, I want that. And I go, is it to you know, share resources and live together. No, I want that. Be like, I don't know, it sounds like you're saying marriage. (laughs) And they go, "Uh, well, yeah, but it just seems like I can't really have that. It feels like an impossible dream. It feels like too much to ask. And so they feel like they can't ask for it or even like hold it in their minds. But the problem is that you compromise when, when you, can't admit what you really want you're kind of entering into the dating situation dishonestly selling yourself short but most of all dishonestly for yourself and for the other person and it's a setup for you to be really disappointed when you get what you asked for you'll be hurt and they don't turn out the way you secretly hope they'd turn out without you having to like want it or you know have a boundary about it so I really encourage you to support your healing by writing down on paper what it is you really want even though you know that, you know, we don't all get everything we want, but write it down even though we know that we don't always get what we want and even if you get what you want and then find out it doesn't work. These are all givens, but you can admit what you really want and get that on paper. That is a very good thing to do, and that's always the first step in my dating course. If you haven't checked that out, that's always down in the description section below all my videos, my dating course for people with CBTSD. The fifth reason that you might be a little bit in the danger zone for abandonment is that you may have been conditioned through therapy, for example, to focus excessively on your feelings. And instead of, say, focusing also on solutions or considering other people's feelings, And what happens here for couples is that when one or both people are really, really focused on their own feelings and they can't really move past expressing how they feel and then moving into the solution thing, well, it's easier said than done, I know. But when you can't do it, this is what they call processing death. You process your feelings forever to the death and it has a way of killing the romance in a relationship. It has a way of just sucking the life out of partners as well. When they have to spend three or four hours talking about your feelings and going into that loop of feelings, it's a lot. What happens when we talk about traumatic experiences and feelings and this is one reason why I teach people over and over again, if you're not getting anywhere, Consider not talking so much and instead using writing to express yourself. You can write your fears and resentments. That's a technique I teach in my free course, my daily practice course, and that's always down below too in the description section. Um, And I'm sure you've heard me mention it. I always bring it up, but it's free. And if you sign up for that, you get invitations to join calls that I lead every, you know, two times a month um, for anybody who wants to do the techniques with me and ask questions about it. So it was life-changing for me. It's incredibly helpful for me um, to re-regulate and bring my emotions back down to just, you know, right-sized. This is the sixth reason why abandonment can be such a common experience for us is we've been abandoned as kids and it's hard to escape the pattern is emotional flashbacks i mentioned them before but when they're not understood and managed, these intense outbursts of emotion can go so far as to be abusive and it can be emotional abuse it can even go into physical abuse but in those emotional flashbacks is when you're most vulnerable to do behaviors that are not okay with other people and that are going to cause the end of a relationship all right Number seven is something called abandonment melange. And this is a term coined by Pete Walker, who wrote this book, CPTSD from Surviving to Thriving, that is excellent and I recommend it for anybody trying to sort out um, their own trauma wounds. Abandonment melange is a toxic combination of terrible emotions of grief, rage, and terror. I mean, really amplified all at once. Have you ever had that? When you've been left or even when you had fear that you were going to be left like a sick feeling creeps over you and it's almost like a chemical poisoning and you're aware that you have a degree of feeling in those moments that's like worse than other people okay that's abandonment melange that's the word for it it doesn't happen to everybody it happens to people who have An abandonment wound and if you have that then I don't even need to tell you how terrible it is for relationships. It causes unreasonable perception and behavior and a sort of meltdown emotionally that doesn't feel like a safe or grounded person to anybody who's dating you. So healing your abandonment melange because when you know what it's called and you start to notice what's happening you can go, oh wait hold on I'm having abandonment melange. My feelings are actually distorting my perception right now and it's very comforting to know that because if you're in it, things are not as bad as you're perceiving them to be and you know they're going to pass. So what a relief. Number eight, we have trouble developing relationships in a conscious way. It's difficult when you have a big attachment wound to go slowly enough to get to know somebody properly so that you can find out, are there red flags here? Do they have strong feelings about you? Do you have strong feelings about them? This takes time to develop and what happens with people with CPTSD is sometimes we have huge walls up. We can't go fast at all. We can't even go on a date or we go on one date and we're already planning a trip to Vegas to go get married, right? It's just like fast, slow. That's the nature of CPTSD, but there are workarounds you can use even if your mind is still doing that. Part of you can still recognize that as a person with CPTSD who tends to either put up walls or rush in, you can learn to handle that better with workarounds. And that's something I teach in the dating course as well, like a structured approach to dating so that you can get around that impulsiveness of pushing people away or rushing in that come from emotional and neurological wounds that happened in, when you were a child who was abused and neglected if that's you, I want you to give yourself just a just a huge hug of approval and validation that despite all that you've gone through that you're trying to heal. You're here, you're watching this video, you're trying to learn to love other people in a healthy way and nothing could be more beautiful and noble. And now that you're healing, your judgment's going to start healing. And when people say, oh you're just trying to recreate your terrible childhood, you can take that into consideration and decide for yourself if it's true. And if it's not, you can say, thanks for your opinion, but nah. And if you care to, you can express yourself about how you see it, because how you see it matters. It can be such a relief to get some insight about what goes on with CPTSD, how normal you are, how you're just a person having a normal reaction to some very abnormal circumstances. So you can start to get free of that burden of shame and self-doubt about like, you know, why do I keep making these same mistakes? The answer is because you have CPTSD, it's normal. I have it. If you do too, I have great news. These are symptoms that you can work on and you can heal.